Chapter 16, Final Years. So now we're entering a period of time that, that is after the book of Acts closes. We have a lot less detail about what's going on and about what's happening and, and when things are written. And so it's a little bit more guesswork. But there is a significant amount of, of, of uh, historical information from around this time period or just after this time period, either from from other letters and writings that have existed from church leaders during that time that are not part of the Bible, or uh, other non-Christian historical sources and stories. And so we're going to jump into this and kind of look at the context in which most of the rest of the books of the New Testament were written. The first event that we look at is, is rather tragic, and, and uh, we don't like to think about these kind of things, but nevertheless, they happened. Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, is martyred in Jerusalem. It turns out that there was a, a period of time when there was one of the governors of Palestine had ended his governorship, and the new governor had not arrived yet. There was a period of time when there was no Roman governor in the area. The high priest decided to take matters into his own hand, as the Sanhedrin was now the highest court in the land until the new governor arrived. And he took this opportunity to bring various prominent Christians uh, before trial. And one of the ones that he gets is James, puts him on trial, sentences him to death, and carries out the sentence. Now, during this period of time, the, the, the situation has changed in Jerusalem quite considerably. The, the Christians have become an accepted part of society, highly regarded among the public, even among those who are not Christians. The, the, the Christian church and the Christian leaders are highly regarded in that area. And many, many people are upset and offended by what the high priest had done. So when the new governor comes uh, into the area, he hears from many people about this offense and he disposes, deposes of the high priest and replaces him uh, to make the peace in the area once again. Now, that story doesn't really come into our Bibles, but we can just see from now on the continuing story is going to be the ending of the lives and the martyrdom of these prominent leaders. Uh, we have uh, two different ideas here now about what happens. Uh, we, we're past the period of time when that Acts addresses. We're going to come into the writing of Acts here in this chapter, uh, but when we look back at this, Acts ends, or Luke ends his story when Paul gets to Rome in chains for that house imprisonment. And there's two options, which it's really unclear which is right. One, one option is that Paul stays in prison for many years and uh, is eventually put to death there in Rome. And the other option is that Paul is is uh, released from prison and spends some time traveling and doing other things and writing letters before he's arrested again later on and put into and uh, executed in Rome. And so uh, I'm choosing to go with the story that Paul is released from prison for a period of time. Um, again, there's not enough historical evidence, in my opinion, to be to be uh, certain of this, but when I read the letters that he writes and uh, the, the, the bits and pieces of information that we do have, it just seems to me a more, uh, make, takes account of more of the details uh, to take this story. And so if we go this way, uh, then after two years in-house arrest, 
Paul is released due to lack of evidence. And so he, uh, he continues one of the dreams that he's had for many years, which is to go to Spain and minister there uh, in the European context. And, and uh, so if he did that, scant evidence that he did or didn't, but if he did, it seems to have had very little fruit. He never writes a letter to churches over there or anything like that. So, um, so uh, not much happened if that happened. But then he returns uh, to the areas that he knows well, Colossae, Ephesus, Philippi, and seems to spend a number of years traveling among the churches in this area. Um, so, so we have Paul now back in the, in the area of all the churches that he's started and uh, continue, continuing to encourage them and spend time there. Uh, so at some point in time, there's a something boils up in Ephesus again, and it seems that that the the ideas that I, I talked about in reference to Colossians, the letter to the Colossian church, uh, these ideas have gained ground and have come to Ephesus and are are really more fully formed now. They're this combination of Jewish Old Testament thought and the mystery religions uh, of the Greek-Roman world uh, combined with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is referred to in the textbooks as Gnosticism. And the real key thing, the only thing you really need to remember about this, is it's a, it's a form of spirituality or religion that relies on special knowledge. The idea that certain people have special knowledge that others don't have, and therefore they're authoritative in that sense. And uh, this form of teaching t is teaching that it is a sin to eat meat of any kind, and it's a sin to be married. And the idea comes goes all the way back in the Old Testament to Eve. And the idea is, is related to the uprising of a new popular uh, gossipy thing in the culture where women in the Roman world and throughout the Roman Empire during this period of time are asserting themselves as the bearers of special knowledge and special dreams and special angelic uh, visions that give them authority to in, in the religious context. And so within the church, this takes the form of going back to Eve before uh, in the first uh, stories of the Bible and saying that when Eve took from this, from this tree of the knowledge, uh, she gained knowledge that men don't have. And so that's a special knowledge. And women can get in touch through angelic visions with Eve herself, and she can teach them this special knowledge. And uh, so this is becoming uh, an issue in the church in Ephesus. This is creating problems also with just practical things like the care of widows, because some of the widows in the church are following the more traditional uh, approach, and some are following this new teaching, and it's causing problems. And so Paul writes a letter to Timothy, uh, who is one of the leaders in the church in Ephesus. We know of this letter as 1 Timothy. It's written probably in the year 63 from Philippi in Macedonia, and, uh, and it addresses many of these issues. During this same period of time, uh, Luke writes his second volume, the book of Acts. Uh, in his first volume, he, volume, he closes by saying that... Uh, uh, sorry, I'll give you the slide for Timothy for a second. I'm, I'm just getting distracted here. So there's Timothy. 
And then we, we come to Luke writing Acts. Uh, he's, he began and he ends the Gospel of Luke with uh, these are the things that Jesus began to do. And then he starts Acts with this, this crossover, this overlap that says these are the things through the Holy Spirit in the church that Jesus continues to do. So he's continuing the story of Jesus on earth this time in his body, which is the church. And, uh, and he follows that story from first in the gospel, from Galilee to Jerusalem, and then in Acts from Jerusalem to Rome, and uh, therefore out to the whole world. And uh, so that comes out as something that gives, legitimizes the history, puts it down so we know it for all time, and um, makes the Christian movement something that has, you know, that historical substance to carry it through. Historically, uh, some important things happened during this period of time. On July 19th, the year 64, uh, there's a fire that burns in Rome for nine days and is absolutely devastating to the city. The Emperor Nero uh, is, is, uh, reacts to that with persecution. Uh, the, the Christians are blamed. Somehow it comes about that the Christians are blamed for the fire and they become kind of like the the ridiculed, the persecuted, the dirt of society. And uh, so Apollos and Barnabas and Silas are all expelled out of Rome at this time or leave on their own volition because of the persecutions. Uh, the, the Roman world has kind of come to terms with this. We've seen earlier on that, that they uh, thought of Christians and Jews as just one group. But now there's a, there's a distinction being made in the Roman world. The Christians have become obvious enough that they're seen as a separate thing from Judaism. And, um, and so, uh, so during this time, as a result or a reply to some of the things that are going on, because the Christians being persecuted and blamed for the, for the fire are still are starting to go back and rejoin the synagogues because the Jews aren't being blamed and the Jews aren't being uh, persecuted at this time. And so the a lot of Christians are kind of trying to reattach themselves to the synagogues uh, to, to kind of, no, 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 we don't want to be our own thing that gets per special persecution. Uh, we want to be seen as part of this historical uh, faith community in the synagogues. And so during this time, Hebrews is written. We don't know the author, uh, but we know it's addressing exactly these types of concerns. Uh, some think that Apollos wrote Hebrews. Some think that Barnabas wrote he Hebrews. Some think that Silas wrote Hebrews, but ultimately we just don't know. Uh, and so it's written to Greek-speaking, Greek-cultural Jews uh, in Rome uh, to address some of these issues of persecution and the synagogues. And it's, uh, it's an insightful uh, writing that describes for us how Jesus is connected to the Old Testament in great detail and should be read by every Christian in this context. Um, following those fires, there's a, there's a vast concentrated persecution uh, throughout the Roman Empire. Most of the time when there's persecution, it's kind of regional. But in this case, it's, it's put out across the entire uh, Roman Empire, and many of the Christians that had been in Rome moved to Ephesus, a little bit further from the epicenter of this persecution, and uh, and joined the church there. 
Uh, on the island of Crete, there, where Titus is still ministering, still part of the church and still leading the church there, uh, there's, there's some things that are going on. Um, one of the main ones is, is that the Christians are taking back up some of the immoral practices from the culture around them, and probably as, a, as an attempt to blend in with the culture so they don't get singled out for persecution. But whatever the case may be, Paul writes a letter to his disciple, Titus, uh, writes from somewhere in Macedonia to Titus in the year 65, and basically encourages the Christians there and advises Titus on various practical instructions about church leadership. And uh, so that's a little bit of the after acts history and uh, what's happening through that period. <clears throat>